wisdom, and wine. A weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily women's health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email at info at To learn more about our team's approach to care, visit our website at www.larenawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and tap on the bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Let us know what is your favorite topic, who has been your favorite guest, and who would you like to hear from on the next pod. Most importantly, share the podcast and your favorite episode with a friend or colleague. Lastly, remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. This episode is brought to you by Luma Natural. Celebrated for its soothing, calming, and healing properties, lavender is one of nature's greatest gifts. With its versatile range of applications and uses, myriad health and wellness benefits, and delightful flora aroma, lavender is one of the first essential oils people reach for when they need an all-purpose everyday hero. This month, we're putting Luma Naturals 100% Natural Silk Body Butter in the spotlight to share the wonderful benefits lavender can deliver to every member of the household. If you thought lavender was simply a fragrance your grandma used to scent her drawer liners, think again. You'll be amazed to discover the many different ways lavender can enrich your life. As a natural sleep aid, lavender is renowned for its ability to aid in sleep promotion and restore health sleep patterns. Not getting enough sleep? Simply rub some body butter on your feet just prior to bedtime and wake up feeling restored and refreshed. Lavender is also calm and soothing. The aromatherapeutic properties of lavender can help calm anxious minds and frazzled nerves by impacting the limbic system in the brain that controls emotion. Simply rub some in your palms and create a soothing and ambient environment when you inhale. After relaxing baths, after you've soaked your stress away, apply some of this silk body butter to your muscles and also all over the rest of your body. Keep in mind that a little goes a long way and just enjoy the relaxing effect after your bath. And after that bath, begin to nourish your skin because lavender is full of antioxidants and antifungal properties. As such, it's a great natural skin booster and great for treating dry, thirsty skin. As a moisturizer, it really will nourish your skin. And as we talked about with aromatherapeutic benefits, its heavenly fragrance, almost like perfume, 
doubles as a perfume, free from chemicals and contaminants. Simply dab a drop or two behind your ear and all over your pulse points for a delightful signature scent. To enjoy the wonderful benefits of lavender as you hibernate into these cold winter nights, please go to Shop Luma Natural. That's Shop L U M A N A T U R A L dot com and use the discount code Nourish Your Flourish. Night night. Coming up, I talk with Ana Herrera about oral contraception and caffeine as endocrine disrupting chemicals, hormone D, and GLOW, Hormone University's transdermal approach to hormone health. Now, grab yourself a glass of Cockburn's Special Reserve Port, and let's join the conversation. Hormones are our body's chemical messengers. Produced in the endocrine glands, these powerful chemicals travel around the bloodstream telling tissues and organs what to do. They help control many of our body's major processes, namely metabolism and reproduction. When you have a hormonal imbalance, you have too much or too little of a certain hormone. Even tiny changes can have drastic effects. And some hormones levels fluctuate throughout our lifetimes and maybe they're a result of natural aging while other changes occur when the endocrine glands get the recipe wrong. Are hormone imbalances affecting your health? Today we're talking with Anna Herrera about how hormonal imbalances affected her life subsequent to an endometriosis diagnosis. So Anna, please introduce yourself and talk to us about your personal journey with stage four endometriosis and how you manage this often debilitating chronic condition throughout your career. Thank you so much, Lorena. What a great introduction. I think more and more women should know about the importance of hormones and what they do in, in our body. So thank you so much for having me. And uh, thank you to all everyone listening as well. My name is Ana Gonzalez Herrera. I am from Spain and I currently live in New York City. And um, yeah, I was diagnosed uh, with endometriosis. Uh, I was around 23, 24 years old. I was one of the lucky ones that got diagnosed pretty much straight away after my doctor saw an ultrasound and he had a, a trained eye, right? Because it, it is not an easy condition to diagnose. Right. And in fact, um, they say, and the stats say, there is an average of about seven years mm -hmm. for endometriosis sufferers to get diagnosed, which is insane. So, and that's even on the short side. Sometimes it can be up to 10. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I would say uh, my doctor warned me at the time, this is going to be a really tough path right. and it is a very debilitating, painful condition. Let's see how we can manage this. So in my case, and of course everyone is different, uh, but in my case, effectively pain was the common theme. So I spent many days of the month, around two weeks of the month in pain. Right. Some days worse than others, especially like three, four days before uh, my period. Mm -hmm. And that basically was the story of my life for, for over 10 years. Right. So what I would say to anyone listening to this, um, if they have extremely painful periods, please don't give up and don't take no for an answer. And 
make sure that you insist on finding out exactly what's going on because that pain should not be normal. Right. And and so yeah, endometriosis is uh, affecting. Well, they say one in ten women. Other doctors that we talk to say we're looking at around almost twenty percent of the female population, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunately increasing. So. Right. Uh, it basically what it means is that the lining of the uterus uh, gets implanted in other parts of your body, most commonly in your reproductive organs like ovaries and fallopian tubes and other places in your in that specific area. But it can also infiltrate in other organs like your lungs, your skin. I mean, I've heard people having endometriosis in their eyes. I mean, it, it is a pretty crazy condition. It, it right. kind of acts like cancer but it's not cancer so it, it, it's it's terrible in my case it affected very badly my colon mm. and so um i after many surgeries so i had to go through five surgeries um i had to deal with uh, the devastating news for me uh, that i could not have children and um and then i ended up uh with a fifth surgery with a full hysterectomy, colon resection, and surgical menopause. Wow. 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 As many of us know who are familiar with not just endometriosis, but just chronic and debilitating conditions in women's health, endometriosis definitely can change one's life. However, you utilized your diagnosis as a catalyst for change, specifically in the femtech space. So talk to us about Femtech as an industry and how entrepreneurship has affected your journey living with an endometriosis diagnosis. Thank you, Lorena. Those are two amazing questions. Um, yes, I, you know, that's what I often say to people. I turn my pain into my mission. I felt a very strong sense of injustice towards us women. I also felt that uh, we are not taught about hormonal imbalances or chronic conditions. And uh, we have, you know, life can be long when you're in pain. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is not pleasant. And so I, I truly wanted to just help women understand more about what they're going through. So Hormone University is our uh, business led by women. We're all women. And um, it is a content uh, and educational platform that has a lot of different, very well, in my opinion, researched articles that are uh, using not kind of like strong scientific language because I want every woman to understand what, what happens to their uh, hormonal health. And I also wanted Hormone University to be a a destination for all of us when we start puberty all the way to menopause. And, you know, all the different phases that we go through in life, right? I mean, in my case, it was, you know, I had to deal with with so many different things, not just endometriosis. I had fibroids. I had PMDD. I, you know, I went through, of course, uh, infertility. I tried IVF. I mean, we just go through so much in life. And then dealing with surgical menopause. So Hormone University has uh, a ton of content that can help women understand more how to manage uh, their symptoms. We we are very objective and we are informing. And um, we like to also be very straightforward about side effects 
of certain medications and and things that you know sometimes we we get prescribed and then we also have our line of natural therapy products and they are transdermal topical products and it's called glow by hormone university excellent we'll talk about that a little bit later but as we talk about hormones talk we i mean right now birth control pills are one of the most common endocrine disruptors flowing through and ubiquitous in our everyday lives Mm. yet we have almost become numb to their deleterious effects Many women have misconceptions about how hormonal contraception affects the brain and the body while influencing their overall health. They think they're just trying to stop, you know, getting pregnant. So tell us more about the rise of endocrine disruptor chemicals, EDCs, and how they affect us in our everyday lives. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, so many things to unpack here. Um, Well, and I'll start with your first point, the pill. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I was given the pill continuously mm-hmm. to supposedly manage endometriosis, which led to absolutely nothing. Um, and again, I, you know, we try to be very objective. And I often say to people, uh, look, you have to just read and educate yourself about potential consequences to your health and uh, not just short-term, but long-term, right? right? So there is this absolutely amazing movie called The Business of Birth Control. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a a huge wake-up call for me when I I watched it. And our doctor, our lead scientific advisor, also um, uh, told me about uh, recent studies back in 2019, like very recent studies of the effects of the peel in your pituitary gland, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and then you've got many other side effects, depression, uh, mood changes. Uh, there are so many different things. We are, as a society, so used to quick fixes. And what I would say to women is that it's all about creating new habits for anything in life. It's about the everyday things that can truly, truly make an impact in your daily hormonal health. From managing stress, you know, cortisol levels, to uh, what we eat and whether that leads to any inflammatory processes and the things that we use on a daily basis. So you just mentioned, right? EDCs. Oh my God. Like I could talk about EDCs all day long. And we're about to, (laughs) we're about to. (laughs) (laughs) And EDCs. So uh, for people who have not heard of EDCs, they're endocrine disrupting chemicals. If you think about those three words, We have our endocrine system, which is responsible for our hormones, Mm -hmm. those chemical messengers that they talk to each other, right? It's not like they only exist in our reproductive system. Everything is is connected in our bodies. And so we can take plastics as an example or, or cosmetics. So I come from the corporate world of beauty and cosmetics. I spent 17 years leading, growing very well-known international brands. And because of my own journey with endometriosis, I started studying endocrine-disrupting chemicals with a huge change in legislation back in Europe. That was in 2012, when all of a sudden, this legislation told every company out there these are the list of chemicals that you cannot use in your products. Mm. And there were over a thousand. 
So at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, like we have to relook at every single formulation and make sure that none of these terrible chemicals are included in there. Just to give everyone perspective, um, in Europe, we're talking about, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a thousand, almost a thousand one hundred chemicals that are forbidden. Oh. In the US, it's less than hundred. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so <laughs> it isn't that nuts. So ridiculous, but it's par it's, for the course here. It's par for the course here, right? So, um, you know, the sad news is that with all that money going into cancer research and all the latest advances, we're seeing latest news from. Um, uh, gosh, the World he- the World Health Organization, literally like, I think it was a week ago, right. cancer rates are going to triple by 2050. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. And things like the water that we drink mm-hmm. from the tap, where do people think that all these hormones that we're taking, you know, the peel, etc., how can that be filtered right. in our water, Right. And of course, chemicals, think about uh, the plastics that we use. Please do not ever put a plastic on a microwave. Right. Do not ever, ever, ever heat plastic and, and eat from it. Think about the coffee that we drink and the, you know, the lid that is plastic and we're drinking from there. All of those chemicals are basically coming to our bodies. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that create inflammation and create basically is, is poison yeah. for us. I mean, they want um, potentially, like you mentioned earlier on, maybe it's not cancer for you, but it could potentially be cancer for you it was endometriosis. But for the next person, depending on their body chemistry, depending on their history, the same endocrine disruptors can now turn into carcinogens, which, you know, wind up being cancerous for the individual. Yes. And you've just mentioned something really important, uh, Lorena, and that is, Think about when you are pregnant mm-hmm. as well and um, how everything is going to to your child. Yeah. So that's another very important factor that I would say to people, you know, be very careful because everything gets passed on. Mm-hmm. And so what we eat every day, what products we use every day, um, cosmetics, yeah. you have to really look at the labels. It is really important that, you know, we we look at clean beauty mm-hmm. and we don't use products that have a ton of chemicals. Right. Think about hair dye. That's another one. I mean, there was a huge scandal with talcum powder. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, Johnson & Johnson, Johnson, right? Johnson, yes. Massive, massive uh, uh, claim and ovarian cancer, t- linked to ovarian cancer. Right. And so... What we do every day, you know, I always keep going back to habits and being very conscious about what we do on our daily basis from the things that we put in our mouth to perfumes, to cosmetics and uh, to the the things that we breathe even, you know, like even uh, fragrances that we use at home, candles, everything adds up. And yeah. so it is really important that um, we we take care of all of that. Yeah. And I love how you talked about, you know, in pregnancy, there's all these warnings. If you're pregnant, don't use this. If you're pregnant. So my thing is, if, it, if I'm pregnant and this could affect my child, what is it still doing to me? If it's not good enough or not safe to use for an unborn child, 
granted, yes, they're undergoing organ development, brain development, all those things. And even though our organs are developed in brains, it's still having some effect. But yet we, outside of pregnancy, we don't get those kind of warnings and those labels. And my thing is, but we should. And you mentioned reading labels. How does one know which ones to look out for? Um, because some of them have crazy long names, not even being able to pronounce, or they you, you don't know that they're harmful. They're just chemicals, but not every chemical is the same, and not every chemical is created, you know, equally. So how does one know which ones to look out for? Oh man, that's the you know, magic question, right? Yes. It is really hard. And even, you know, I've been looking into this for a long time. We've created at Hormone University a seal of approval right. for brands to um, to prove, you know, when they say that they are clean, right? right? Um, and so we have a board of, of environmental scientists and, and health experts to, to review those uh, labeled and non-labeled right. things that we don't even see, right? Mm -hmm. Ingredients. Yeah. So I would say, look, the least the, the fewer ingredients the better right. and if the name is too complex just look it up mm -hmm. you know yeah i know it's a bit of a pain if you're like in the supermarket <laughs> you know in a rush but, one thing you can also um, do is look at the go to the environmental working group the ewg yes and i'll you know put that link in the show notes but go to the environmental working group they have it broken down by food by, you know, even furniture and cribs and hair products and body products yeah. and skincare. And so even if you're not, I mean, no one's going to know these names. I don't know the names, but they can definitely tell you, hey, if you see this, don't buy this. Um, and, the, you know, look where it is on the label. Is it, you know, the first, second or third ingredient or is it, you know, one of the last ingredients? Um, but yeah, start with the environmental working group and just start looking in terms of getting familiarized with, you know, prefixes and just names that look unfamiliar and you'll be able to determine exactly if this product is clean or not. Um, and you'll definitely be able to, you know, certain people have, you know, the, the version of clean, you know, organic products um, looking at that as well. But not every seal is created equally. So you've got to do your research and really being able to you know, pull that, that, you know, those ingredients up on your phone. We all pretty much everybody has a cell phone now. And so right. when you're not sure, you know, trust, but verify, look and see what's in those ingredients before putting it on your body, before putting it on your hair, your skin, um, and really being able to get in yeah. touch, you know, with those, not, because again, knowing them all by heart is an, is a, it, a just a task. It's not going to be able to be completed. It's arduous. It's overwhelming. It's just too much but it's there for you. So you've got to take the initiative and seek and find it. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think, you know, the the the, the old saying of, um, what is it? An ounce of prevention is a pound of, a cure, pound of cure, right? Yes. And uh, I also, one thing I would love to add to provide some perhaps practical tips that I, I, I hope it's, it's useful is take steps also to detoxify mm -hmm. Because it is so hard, right? right? To and it's expensive to uh, eat well and to write and to buy the right product. So, I would say maybe some of the steps that I would um, recommend for people to do is number one, of course, sleep, mm -hmm. sleep well, because that is going to really reset your body, and uh, it is important that we have that sleep. Mm -hmm. um, I also would say drink a lot of water. Mm -hmm. We need to give our livers a little break yes. <laughs> and 
uh, and get those to toxins out. Another thing that I also do uh, that it helps me so much and I feel so so well after that is sauna. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, yeah. all sweat classic. It yeah. Sweat it out. Get those, again, like get those toxins out of your body. Um, and of course, think about processed foods, right? right? Of course. Minimize that consumption. And um, yeah, if you can, whenever it's possible, always filtered water. Right. I mean, it's so, so important. Absolutely. And we've been talking about foods, but what foods um, that are common for the most part to everyone are endocrine disruptors? Oh gosh, foods. I mean, I would say processed, yes. right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, the processed foods, I mean, gosh, there are so many different chemicals in there. Yeah. Uh, you have to think about the preservative system that they have to use yep. in order to keep, you know, when you think about, I don't know, some years ago, how um, things didn't last very long, mm -hmm. right? You would buy your vegetables and your fruit and things didn't last very long. These days, even, even things like fruits and vegetables, they last forever, mm -hmm. right? So that, that tells us, something right preservatives um, chemicals fertilizers all those things pesticides exactly. you know all those oh. different aspects yes every year absolutely. the dirty dozen comes out and the clean 15 comes out so that's another place to like find like okay are these clean 15 are these foods that i i don't necessarily have to buy organic because they're not sprayed with pesticides and potentially harmful uh, fertilizers. And then that dirty dozen are the foods that are suggested to be bought organic. Is that going to mean you have to do it every, you know, everything organic all the time? If you're trying to minimize your risk, if you're trying to minimize your exposure, because again, we're doing so many different things to make things last longer on the shelves. That industry is not concerned with how it's going to disrupt your hormonal system and your endocrine system on the back end. It's worried about getting their product to the shelves. And again, just like we talk about, yes, FDA is one thing, but not everything is under the, the guise of FDA because certain things, if they were truly concerned, would never even be able to make it to shelves or have a shelf life that it has. Or once you get it home, still be able to, you know, be in this pretty much the same state it was for weeks later. Certain fruits and vegetables aren't designed to last weeks. They're not even designed to last days. They're designed to be consumed in real time, but we're not, you know, living through that age now. And so that's important to do. And again, include that in the show notes. And as we're talking about, you know, common foods, and even though caffeine is not a food, you know, whether that's soda or in coffee, is caffeine an endocrine disruptor? And what effects does it have on the regulation of inflammation? Oh, that is such a subject. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I do not look, send me any hate mail. Do not send me anything <laughs> else. I don't want to read it, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, um, we've read and researched quite a lot about caffeine and there are so many different schools of thought. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is check on yourself, meaning you have to understand what is your, um, what is your level of tolerance mm -hmm. with certain things, right? If caffeine is going to affect your stress levels, yes. then 
Jesus, I mean, just, you know, decrease the consumption of caffeine. Mm -hmm. And I know for some people it's very, very hard. But the other thing is you can also take breaks, right? You can take a couple of weeks break and uh, have herbal teas instead and kind of detox your body a little bit from caffeine. So it's it's kind of like take a personalized approach Mm -hmm. because not one size fits all. A little bit what we said about, you know, birth control earlier, like, um, it, it is important that you understand the side effects. It is important that you inform yourself and it is extremely important that you know what tolerance you have to certain things. Right. So I know, for example, myself, I genetically can tolerate caffeine well. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm also careful because I know that it increases my kind of stress mm-hmm. and, I, you know, I have a coffee in the morning and sometimes I have to, but um, I am careful and I'm very conscious about it right. and I do take breaks. So I would say that that would be my my take on it. We also don't want you, we don't want people to get stressed because they can't take coffee. Uh, right, right. It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. Right. And what caffeine does in the body is that it increases cortisol, the same thing that stress does. So whether you're drinking coffee because you're stressed or, you know, you're stressed because you're not drinking coffee, you know, (laughs) I'm not sure which comes first, the chicken or the egg, but similar to caffeine, stress plays a crucial role in hormonal imbalances. So if coffee is going to increase your stress, in addition to the stress that you're already under, you're getting a double whammy. And so what role does stress management play in your approach to hormonal imbalances? Um, look, stress is something that is part of my life and, um, it's part of most, I I would say everyone, right. Has some type of stress. It is life. And, and so I think that, um, you can, you have to really think about how you can diminish your stress levels. Some days we're going to be, are going to be much better than others. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I am a huge proponent of uh, using things like meditation, breath work. Breath work is magical, man. I mean, and it only takes about a minute. You don't have to do it all day right. either. It's cumulative magical. over the day. Yes, it's magical. <laughs> I mean, it's just, so underrated just... and free. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, breath work is helps me massively. Uh, I use this um, app called Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. I love it. There are like so many different meditations, depending on how much time you've got, if you've got five minutes or if you've got half an hour. And, and so just, I'll give you one example. Uh, Just last night I did infrared sauna and I, and I listened to Kundalini uh, meditation and that was amazing. I, I, I was like, wow, this, I feel great. It gave me so much energy. And so at Hormone University, what we say is that, you have to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. If you feel like your your chest is kind of like tight right. and you have like a knot in your stomach because of stress, you, you're raising thoughts, these will all affect your hormones. Right. And so whether you like dancing, I mean, I love dancing, right? Mm-hmm. That, that helps me a lot. So whether you like dancing, put some music on, music, another one, and dance completely underrated and extremely important. Dancing is great for you. 
So I would um, I would tell people, put music in the morning, dance, you know, it's going to put you in a great mood. And, and so, yeah, meditation, breath work, uh, dancing, yoga, pilates, gosh, sleep, very important. Yeah. You have to sleep. And um, exercise in general will help your stress levels right. and it will help you sleep sleep as well. Absolutely. There are so many things we can do and, and they're free. They're right. completely free. Uh, I love tapping as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Um, uh, if your audience audience doesn't know about tapping, it is a, a very um, I find powerful thing to do, and there are quite a few videos on YouTube that uh, can show you how to do tapping, right. and uh, it's great for stress release, release as well. Absolutely, and again, everything that you've mentioned doesn't cost anything. It's using right. no special equipment. It's using the equipment that you've already been equipped with so that you can do it anywhere and really, again, have your own built-in way to not only monitor stress, but lower your cortisol levels. And so it doesn't further disrupt your other hormones, especially during stressful times. You've mentioned this earlier on, um, but let's, I want to revisit it in terms of detoxification. 20% of women suffer from PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is the most common female endocrine disorder and or endometriosis. So uterine cancer has been linked to hair chemical products. Sperm counts are in persistent decline. Knowing this, having this information, how does one go about detoxing subsequent to long-term hormonal birth control or long-term exposure to environmental toxins or food-related EDCs? Wow, Um, thank you for bringing that up. Um, Lorena, I think First of all, I think it's extremely important to to really raise awareness about this. Yeah. Um, and effectively, I mean, there is no, I would say, I, well, I'm, a, I'm an optimistic person by nature, mm-hmm. right? There is always a solution yeah. to, um, to mostly everything. Mm-hmm. We do have to make the effort to not think about quick fixes. Quick fixes usually do not take you to a long-term great result, right? Right. Because you're thinking about an isolated, let's say, pain relief or or something along those lines. What you mentioned about hair dye linked to uterine cancer, effectively, that's, that's true. And that's something that, again, was a major lawsuit. I believe it was... um, it was one of the, it was, I think it was L'Oreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a straightening product, um, and not hair dye. So my apologies, it was a straightening product. And so, yeah, we, how do we detoxify? We mentioned a few things earlier. Um, and I think we have to go back to basics. And that is, you know, we mentioned exercise. Exercise is a great, powerful detoxification. Right. The body is, is uh, nature is the most intelligent, wise um, uh, system, right? And so we have the capabilities to detoxify through uh, exercise and sweat. Right. And that's why I mentioned sauna. Um, I also, look, this is uh, my personal take. So uh, absolutely no, no advice here, right. but I love taking a break and properly detoxifying 
by doing intermittent fasting or even fasting. So I've just done a fasting. I do it uh, supervised. I do it with someone who I really trust. And um, it it basically means that you are first doing an elimination diet. Uh You start taking out things like meat and fish and processed foods and sugar and alcohol and caffeine. And then you slowly go into just having liquids for a few days. And then you go back to kind of adding uh, certain foods into your, um, into your routine. So uh, again, gluten, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, those just taking those things out of your diet Believe me, I know it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is bloody hard. I mean, I love pasta. I love pizza. Right. But, but it's about moderation. Uh, it's not about restriction. It's not about taking everything out. Because right. to some degree, those some aspects of those things are good for us. It's about what we're doing most of the time with what consistency and restricting or having large swaths of one's diet completely eliminated means now you're going to get a def- you're creating another problem because now you're going to be deficient in something else. And so balanced diet, we hardly ever, you know, think about it in these terms, means that you're getting a little bit of everything. And you can't just, you know, one cannot just, you know, take large swaths of things out of diet and expect things to go along smoothly because your body needs a certain degree of fat, a certain degree of cholesterol. For your hormones, all these things are hormone related to operate. And so when we're taking out going, you know, fat free or, you know, everything is, then you're also not allowing your body to use the same, these same food chemicals to do the work that your body actually needs. So eliminating things and restricting is also not the best approach because your body still needs a balance of all these things to make it flourish. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and you also have to know what, what works for, for you, you, right? Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I, I like doing that process personally once a year. It's great for me. I I feel amazing. Also like for mental clarity, something we haven't talked about is that our diet affects our mental clarity. It affects your brain. And, um, it's, I'm, I'm so glad there are people like you in this world, Lorena, to talk about this because, um, food is medicine. Yes, and, and um, yes, it is very important that we take it a, a lot more seriously. Absolutely, and I think it's not even about what we're putting in our bodies because we're not solely responsible for that. I think there's an industry. I mean, we're talking about you know certain people are like, oh, I'm not going to do that because it's not FDA approved or there's been no research, but there's not going to, not everything reaches even comes to the level of FDA approval when we're finding, you know, lawsuits later on where for years it was being used liberally widely, but yet, and still we found that it has been dangerous. So just because it has a stamp of FDA approval doesn't mean it's safe. And just because it doesn't, doesn't make it unsafe. It's one of those things where we have to start, you know, literally engaging ourselves in this process. Through detoxification and, you know, concerted efforts, is it possible to reverse the effects of endocrine disruption? I think so. I, I definitely think so. Yeah. I think I would I would challenge every listener he, here to, um, to try something new for the next four weeks, mm-hmm. right? Give yourself a challenge. Doesn't need to be January. Can be any time of the year. 
And um, just, you know, try quitting three key things that we all know are not good for you. Right. One is alcohol, two is sugar, three is caffeine, mm-hmm. right? Just try those three things right. and and see what happens. Yeah. And see what happens. And see what happens. What do you notice? And right. every, like you said, everybody's going, everybody's body is going to respond differently. But what does that look like and mean for you in terms of your sleep, your energy levels, you know, your hair growth, you know, your nails, what all of that, you know, what does that mean? Your midsection, how does that, how does that affect you? And th- those are crucial because again, they're personal. So along with vitamin C, B vitamins, omega-3s, what role does vitamin D, more accurately, hormone D, play in regulating and maintaining hormone balance? Oh, gosh. Well, we it is a hormone. Most people don't know that. Right. And uh, most of us are deficient in yes. vitamin D. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, you're a doctor, right? Yes. I think <laughs> you I know. have every single one of our clients, especially those who are trying to conceive, on hormone D, because my thing is, we're all, we, none of us are working outside. Most of us work inside. Um, we're just not getting enough of it, especially during the winter months. Right, exactly. And look, um, it depends, of course, at what stage you are in your life, but fertility for fertility is crucial, but also for bone health right. when you're going through that kind of perimenopause stage, or you have induced menopause, or you're going through menopause. Right. Um, and vitamin D is extremely important. I mean, there is a, a, a relatively large increase of osteoporosis mm-hmm. uh, right now. So it does play a major role, um, Not, uh, and this is just bone health. Right. It has so many different um, beautiful functions, right. and it affects our mood, it affects our fertility, it affects our bone health. It's just such a brilliant hormone and we don't get enough of it. So it's important, again, for everyone to to really think about how much vitamin D they have. Uh, Also for muscle pain, by the way, I just thought about it is a very important uh, vitamin. Absolutely. And because it communicates with our immune systems, it also helps balance our hormone and reproductive system and other hormones, which make it essential to the process of hormone balance. So making sure you're getting enough of the vitamin D3, not just the vitamin D2, but the D3, because that's the one that can be metabolized and digested in our systems. And this will also help prevent and decrease the intensity of hormone fluctuations as well. So really being able to incorporate, again, all of those in the diet, not just necessarily through supplementation, but through food. Because we don't all have to take a supplement. Some of us definitely need one to kind of bridge those gaps. But we can also have foods that are higher in vitamin D and omega-3s and vitamin C and the B vitamins, um, which will also help us get the natural sources, which is ideal. So in general, how might, what, symptoms, how, what symptoms might trigger a person to consider that they might have a hormone imbalance? Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is one of my favorite questions, uh, Lorena, because... Most people um, don't link certain symptoms with hormonal imbalance. And we can even start with anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, uh, it's an epidemic, right? right? Anxiety. And that might be the symptom of a hormonal imbalance. Mm -hmm. Depression, another one. 
mental health in general has a lot to do, right? Yeah. With serotonin, with our progesterone levels, mm -hmm. and people don't link those two. It's like, oh, let me get an antidepressant, mm -hmm. you know, it's, let's fix it that way. It might just be that you have a hormonal imbalance. Right. You, stomach issues, gut issues, those things that um, I would say to people who, you know, are not in this world, right? And I'm the first one I learn every single day. Always try to check your hormones yeah. before you kind of jump, in, jump into any conclusion. Right. Migraines even mm -hmm. might be the symptom of a hormonal imbalance. Allergies. And so, what's that? Allergies even can be a symptom of hormone imbalances. Exactly. Exactly. There are so many different things. We had at Horm University, I remember these charts when we started, like, and I was asking a group of women, you know, are you going through anxiety, mm -hmm. stomach issues, headaches? Um, gosh, uh, I can't remember right now, but uh, yeah. there were so many different things. And they were like, oh my God, yes, I am, de you know, mm -hmm. bloating. I am definitely going through that. Right. Oh my goodness. You know, mood swings, of course, libido. Yes. I mean, so many different aspects right. are hormones are it's, it's yeah it's fascinating and you mentioned even you know you started off with anxiety and talking about the pharmaceuticals that are often you know utilized to treat anxiety or depression or you know those different aspects but some of those very pharmaceutical interventions are endocrine disruptors so not only are they masking the hormonal imbalance but they're also making it worse And so now instead of, you know, addressing the hormone imbalance, you're making it worse. And now we're adding another medication and yet another medication. And so now you're over medicated, still underserved in terms of what the aim is and the hormone imbalance still remains. So I thank you for, you know, bringing that into that just because you're, you know, taking a pharmaceutical for, to address a mental health issue or a psychiatric condition, you still have to be aware of how it's affecting your hormones because once those fluctuate, the actual symptom that you're treating could be getting worse and you're adding now more fuel to a, a fire. All right. So why we've been talking about hormones, we've been talking about, you know, diseases, we've been talking about conditions. Why should women be learning more about our hormones in general and more importantly in the individual and personal sense? Yes. Um, well, for many reasons, I think that unfortunately, not every doc doctor is like you, <laughs> and, um, and that's a fact. And so, we we truly need to advocate for ourselves, and we cannot advocate for ourselves if we don't have the knowledge as the foundation of our own health. So, I'm not saying you know, take this into your own hands in the sense of like prescribing yourself mm -hmm. stuff, but. What is really important is that we learn about hormonal health so that we can really understand what questions we should be asking doctors, what things can we do every day, what are the habits that we need to create, create and ultimately, how do we avoid the cure right. and how do we prevent? So that's, to me, the key to, to everything, to a great health in life. Right. Absolutely. I agree. For the person who is just getting started on their hormone health journey or for the person who has tried it all with little to no sustainable success, what strategies do you suggest to naturally balance hormones without an additional personal care products? 
Wow. Okay. So the key strategies are number one, sleep well. Mm -hmm. Number two, exercise. Number three, diet, 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 diet. Extremely important. Um, manage your emotional well-being. Yes. So it's not about physical, it's also emotional. Everything is interconnected. Be careful with your gut health. That's another important part that your gut microbiome is responsible for so Everything. many different functions, right? And, uh, and that is very, very important to consider. Um, detoxify whenever you can. That means sweat things out and um, try and get rid of those toxins that we are constantly accumulating. Those are some of the things, get the right vitamins, the right minerals, uh, and that's all about diet, right? So um, in a nutshell, that's what we've we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. right, in the last hour. So it's kind of like the key conclusion are those things that are what we do on a daily basis so that we can really avoid or at least control, right? Take control of our hormonal health. Right. And as you have developed GLOW, talk to us a little bit about GLOW and Hormone University's hormonal balance approach and what makes GLOW different for that person who's ready to take that next step. Yes. So um, I created GLOW as, as a natural therapy mm-hmm. Um, for women going through premenstrual syndrome issues, symptoms, all the way to menopause. So we have uh, solutions that are kind of different to what you see out there. I decided to do topical solutions. Mm-hmm. So they work transdermally. And the some of the key ingredients that we use are, are, you know, it was a fascination to me when we started looking into it because the key ingredient ingredient in fact for our period SOS and menopause SOS uh, creams which you use on a daily basis right and um, it is diosgenin and diosgenin comes from Valium root Mm -hmm. and what's very interesting is that diosgenin is what uh, the, the, the extract that was used to create the contraceptive pill. Mm. So back in the 50s, uh, they found uh, these these plants, these roots, and that's how they developed the first contraceptive pill. So it is, um, basically, the way it works is that it stimulates your progesterone levels and it really helps with hormonal balance. And we are all about hormonal balance. So we have period SOS for anyone having issues with cramps, bloating, changes in mood. It works extremely well. We've got great studies behind and many, many women telling us that it changed their lives. Uh, It works, uh, actually works really well with women with PCOS because it regulates your period and also women with with endometriosis. Um, Menopause SOS, Ward says it. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, libido and hot flashes and night sweats and those changes in in mood, uh, it it is extremely effective. And then we've got uh, our magnesium and collagen lotion with evening primrose oil. That is a wonderful, wonderful way to use uh, magnesium and uh, it's delivered transdermally. 
And uh, we've got also our Intimate Hydrator, okay. which is our latest product. It's just four key ingredients, vitamin E, hyaluronic acid, aloe vera, and uh, collagen. Mm-hmm. And it works very well for your vulva area. I can only tell you, it can change your life. All right. I like, I love how you said that very subtly, but with all the right <laughs> emphasis. I love that. I love that. That's wonderful to hear. And so as we wrap up, if you could have done one thing differently subsequent to your diagnosis, what would you have done? You know, Lorena, I sometimes, I still choke up, really, I do, when I think about the amount of time that I, years mm-hmm. of my life, that I couldn't sleep, I couldn't stand up, had so much pain, um, I was constantly obsessed of not leaking, because, you know, my periods were so tough, right. uh, with heavy flow, and I wish my, the the amount of doctors that I saw, I can't even begin to explain. I wish I had met someone like you, in fact, Mm -hmm. um, when I was in my mid-20s, who could have told me, listen, we're going to start with your diet. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with just not taking inflammatory foods and getting rid of that excess estrogen. Uh, So many things that I know now I could have done in the past. And, um, you know, it's become, I dropped everything, my entire corporate career, my safe salary of every month to create this business. Cause I, I truly believe our, you know, our mission is important and I want to help every woman, um, that we possibly can to, to really not go through what I went through right. and what so many of us have to go through. Absolutely. And I, I love how it has catalyzed you in the form of advocacy and truly creating not just products, but a an overall space where we can talk openly and candidly about the challenges associated with hormone health and the conditions that are affected by those imbalances. And so thank you so much. And for you to have the last word, any parting words of wisdom? Oh, um, thank you. I would say have always prevention in your mind and um, don't leave your health last. You know, as women, we always take care of other people. Oh my goodness. It's, it's always, we, we take, everyone else takes priority and everything else takes priority. And um, I have to say, just work on your, on your self-love and really think and prioritize yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining Women's Health Wisdom and Wine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, remember to follow us, review us, and give us five stars. Till we meet again, remember, nourish your flourish.